Gina. Life, love and laughter. Well, I am totally honoured to be in the studio with a chap that on my timeline, I would say possibly every single day, his name pops up and it is James McCourt from Hidden Depths. James, thanks for coming in to chat to me. No problem. Thanks for having me. And when I say that, I mean it. There's always, I guess because I follow a lot of inspirational, motivational people, you know, your name um, pops up. And then when I realised initially when I came across you, you were Scottish, I thought, yes! <laughs> because all the so-called gurus tend to be, you know, Canadian or American um, or if we're going back Jack Black from obviously a long time ago yes was kind of doing the rounds and here you are taking over Scotland James doing my bit with your hidden depths so I'm quite interested to know and we'll talk about what you do in fact let's talk about that right now hidden depths and what that is what you do Uh, hidden depths I'm a personal development coach and I believe we've got so much more depth within us and that's probably where the name came from it's your hidden depths and for me my coaching runs in the alignment of it really goes deep into when we reject ourselves, we obsess over things we all know about things like social media and then it creates all these addictions so where my coaching comes in is digging deeper into the the person the your core beliefs and what drives you and what inspires you at a deeper level so I can the, the way I see it is when you change things from within it's a lot easier to change the outside world. So. All right, so it's getting to really know your inner self and your yes. inner core. All right, so rewind then. What's your story? How, I'm always interested in how people got into this kind of a field. So how did you get into this field? Well, I certainly didn't get into it by choice. So I, I was car trade, uh, you know, worked in uh, the service industry for years and it was high-paced, you know, stressful industry. You know, I loved my life, went out quite a lot. And nothing in my mind had ever really tripped me up. And then when I was 33, things just really started to crumble. And being a guy, I didn't want to talk to MD. I just judged that. I kept a secret and it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And then one day I found myself at a doctor's because, you know, things were starting to shut down in my body. I just wasn't feeling right. And it was then I, I discovered that I had depression. And... You know, then, you know, I, I fought on with that. I took, like, antidepressants. Uh, I went that journey for a, a short period. And then I went to see a life coach. And within two hours of speaking to a life coach, I had a bit of clarity. And I wow. had some answers. And for me, that's when I thought, right, I need to find out more about that. But in doing that, I would say, you know, it's 11 years since since that happened. In the first five years, I just done this for personal development. It wasn't for a career. It wasn't to do it as a job. I done it just to get myself out, and it did take that time to really start understanding who I was. And the biggest thing for me, and on the link with depression, was when I looked back. It wasn't that I had depression. It was that I judged that I had it. Mm-hmm. So that really got me and I wanted to start discovering about what keeps us there, why we don't move past this. So that kind of took me on. I worked with uh, an amazing guy who passed away a couple of years ago, but, he, you know, we just met each other by chance. And he had 57 years experience in human development. Brilliant. So we would just talk like every day on Skype and he just loved that. I like to simplify things and... That's what I became about. I was like, I want to take things 
that are complicated and try and uh, simplify them. A lot of people, I'm sure, listening to this just now will absolutely 100% relate to what you're talking about. Yeah. So you're sitting there and you're in front of your GP and they prescribe antidepressants. As we know, a lot of people, of course, yeah. you know, take. Again, were you kind of judging yourself, thinking, I don't want to do this, but somehow you're on the roller coaster of going along with it? Yeah, I must admit, when I was given an antidepressant at a time, I just needed anything. I just needed a bit of hope. And I don't think, I'm not going to say that the medication's wrong. I think on its own, it's not enough. Uh, that's obviously it helped me for a short period of time. So, you know, I, I do think it is an angle that you need to explore. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also need to, it's like, it's like anything else, if you don't get to the root of what's going on, again, it's just that rejection thing. You're... You're, you're then going to get addicted to something else rather than getting to the cause of what, what actually caused you to be there in the first place. I suppose, James, everyone's got a different definition of <laughs> depression. And I remember reading one, this has always stuck with me, a statement about depression. And it was a psychiatrist saying, what's the effect of if you're depressed or someone that suffers from depression, it's the inability to create a great future. Yeah. Would you agree with that? <clears throat> depression for me came in two areas. You've got depression of the mind was the first one where you just feel really down. You've got no motivation. You can't get yourself to move. It's like kind of non-existent. And then you've got body depression. And that's really, that's the one you really need to focus on. Like if you label yourself things that you're not, then your body has a reaction to that. And you can only do it. If you, you imagine labeling yourself things for 10, 20 years, eventually the body's going to, start giving up on that and it starts to give you signs like anxiety and mm. so all of these messages from the body is just that you're basically ignoring things in your past and you're ignoring messages that has been sent to you so would you say now you're totally in touch with your hidden depth 100% that's why I discovered the diamond I believe that we're all the born. diamond yes what's the diamond the diamond is who we are right Every human being for me is born this perfect diamond, fully aware. And then we go through this process of learning to walk, which is where you get your core emotion of appreciation. And then you go through, as soon as a kid wants to walk, it wants freedom. <clears throat> so you start wandering about and that's your next core emotion. And then it's empowerment. You own your name, even at a very young age. And then you love yourself just the way you are, right? But we allow conditions and characters to take us away from that diamond. Mm -hmm. And what I do is like, it's like an onion, you put a shell in about yourself. What I do is take that layer off and start chipping through the layers of lies that you've built up over your, over your life. And cause I know that core diamond never disappears. Oh, that's great. I love never that. Never disappears. So would you say then that James, you can kind of, uh, let's say someone comes to you and they say, yeah, my life's perfect. It's amazing. Would you say from having worked with the amount of clients that you have, you can kind of through your gut feeling know straight away that there's something not quite right. You're like, because we all put on the fake stuff, <laughs> yeah, don't we? You know, we all have a bad day and I go, yeah, everything's great. Would you say you can kind of suss that out quite quickly? I actually done a clip on this today. There's, we've all got something going on. But here's the thing. If you can, if you can look at that and handle it, then it's okay. But the problem is, and a lot with young men and men, we, we kind of tend to put things in a box and just leave it there. But eventually, you know, that needs to open up. You need to, to handle these things. So yeah, is there a perfect life? I think if you can see the perfection and life being up and down at times, then, you know, you're handling it a lot better.
Mm-hmm. Now, why is it here is a big question that it does seem to be, I would say, in the last, oh, I'm going to say five years, but all of a sudden, everyone seems to have some kind of a therapist or a life coach. Would you say that's fair? I mean, you're in the field. Yeah, well, like, why wouldn't you want a coach? But do you think yeah. not everyone quite accepts that yet? There's still like, not necessarily a stigma, but, you know, oh, I've got a therapist, I've got a coach. There's still that kind of, it's almost taboo. I think it's fading out. Good. I think it's fading out. And you're helping, obviously, to yeah. fade that out. That's the main thing. I made coaching cool. <laughs> yeah, you have made coaching cool. This is Gina. Gina. Life, love, and laughter. So if someone comes to you, for example, let's say someone has been suffering from, you know, depression or someone's listening to this just now thinking, oh, not sure about picking up the phone or sending James an email. What happens in a session? Are you, I know you're not allowed to talk about certain clients, obviously, but what would happen in a session? What do you do? I'm asking you to kind of explain uh, the magic. The first thing I do is when, when people are at a place of depression, they're very stuck on the motives of why they're feeling the way they do. So I get them to look at what's happened from an external place and when you look at it that way it starts to get a bit lighter and here's the thing like once people see things for what happened it can actually evoke a bit of anger but at least that anger's kicking them out of that feeling of I can't get out of this place Mm -hmm. and the thing that keeps people in that depression is that blame that judgment and that attachment so if I can get them to see it from a different angle it may even get them a bit angry. It may even get them a bit angry with themselves, but at least they've started to take their empowerment back. And on an energy scale, what usually follows after anger is pride. So I will take them through these emotions until I can push them through that, until they start to say, you know, I can change this. Mm-hmm. I can make a difference. But for me, all depression is linked to emotions of guilt, blame, and feeling shame and miserable. And... We can all relate to that at some bit. We can all feel things we feel guilty about, blameful about, bit hopeless about. And once you can get them past that to be okay with that, then naturally your body, your emotions will just start to rise and you will start to feel better. You know, James, when someone says, I'm just, and I've heard this from people as well, even friends, I just, I can't get out of this black hole. I can't get out of this deep, dark, you know, depression. What would you say to someone? What would be your sort of uplifting moment? But for me, I try and get them at a level of accepting it. Because as I say, when you reject something, you obsess over other things. But as soon as we accept something, we can start to handle it. Have you ever had a client where you've thought, oh, I'm not sure if I can help you? No. <laughs> no, really? No. Have you ever had someone come to you where they've thought, I'm not sure you can help me? And you've done yeah. the you've done the or you know, the, the onion peel thing. I've, I, I've had one person that came and they actually just came to challenge what I did. So uh, basically I just said, look, this coaching isn't for you. Because they were actually trying to get me to explain what I do rather than allow me just to do what I do. Sounds like they want your business. Why would someone yeah. possibly want to do that? I don't know. I don't know. It's like I don't like to focus on the things that, that I can't change. I like to just focus on the people that you know are, are looking for this type of health help you know you could you could spend all your time trying to work out why people do what they do and that's that's one of the things that gets people into a stage of not feeling good about themselves so what are your top tips to for example starting your day with a good mindset what is the james mccourt well, way of no snooze in your alarm is massive no snooze in the no, alarm honestly oh, what? yeah the you know see if you hit a snooze button something as small as that 
Do you think about that behaviour? There wasn't alarm clocks 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago like this. You know, people just got up, your body clock got you got up. But if you hit your snooze button a few times, basically every time you do that, you're telling yourself you're not worth getting up for. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and I do it. Oh, I'm going to break that habit. Well, yeah, actually, you know, when every time you do that, you can imagine the self-talk, because it's self-talk and visualisation that controls your life. Mm -hmm. But you imagine your self-talk if you're lying there, you know, saying, I, I don't want to get up. I don't want to face this day. You know, that's, you know, that, that over time will wear you down. So that's the first step to changing habit, I suppose. Yeah. If you had to recommend a book, unless it's your own book you're going to mention uh, now, what would the book be that would change your life? Oh, I loved a book called Asking It Is Given. Oh, is that like cosmic ordering, putting yeah. it out there to the universe? Yes, yes. But it's, it's broken down into a lot of good detail. Uh, so for me, that was like a wee Bible to me. It was like asking, it was given. And it was like, when I first started reading that, I realised that you're in control of a lot of this. Okay, I like so that. I'm writing this down. <laughs> and hidden depths then, where is that going to take you in the next stage, the next phase of your life? Well, I've got my first ever two-night retreat running in August. And I've got a 300-seater event. It's just a one-day event, which is, you know, it's it's on self-acceptance. It's on my journey and it's on trying to get people to, you know, link in with these stages. <clears throat> and I've got a five-day workshop in just a couple of weeks where I actually take a small group of people and we heal, we get through. I get them to identify the first time they rejected herself and we look at that from a new perspective wow and i know the benefit of that when you look at life through that different tunnel it kind of creates a, a ripple and like for me true transformation takes time so when you look at something different you'll go about your business and then maybe three four six months later you'll look back and you'll go none of that bothers me anymore so wow that's transformation for me so what is the one thing you would say that someone would get perhaps that wants to book onto your retreat? What's the one thing they would really take away? Inner truth. Inner truth. They'll find out what they've been kidding themselves on about. Like who and, you really are. Yeah, who you, who you are. I, like, I, don't, I don't like to work on stuff in the future. I think we all know what we want. I would rather get rid of the blocks that are holding people back. And as I say... I know who they are, I know they're this diamond, so if I chip away at that, like that bit of coal, then the diamond will always appear. So. Oh, I love that. Shine bright like a diamond. That's, that's the way it works. James, give us the details for your website, how we can contact you. Well, it's hiddendepthscoaching.com. And thanks so much for coming in. I feel like I need to explore my inner diamond. Uh, I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. Gina. Life. Love. And laughter. Like and share us and come back for the next episode next week.